This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Today we're going to wrap up this series, this Family Matter series. Has anybody been blessed by it? Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, just as a reminder, week one we talked about marriage and about how the Lord's desire is, is that we become one right? That we become one. In week two, we talked about parenting. We had our awesome elders, the Funchesses, on stage with us, and we talked about parenting. Uh, week three, Pastor Nolan talked about dysfunctional families. And then last week, uh, we talked about broken and blended families, and Regina kicked that off and then had Elizabeth Welburn on stage with her. And wasn't that good? I mean, that was, that was some good stuff. I know in our life group last week, I mean, we just talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. It was so good. And today we're going to talk about this awesome family that we have here, the family of God. But in addition to that, we're going to talk to singles as well, those who maybe haven't married, uh, maybe those who are widows or, or even divorcees as well. And if you say, well, I'm married and I'm good to go, don't tune out because every one of us knows somebody who's not married. We know a bunch of them, so maybe this is something that you can share with them that will be a blessing in their life as well, so, so stick with me today. Now, if you've been part of Church Alive for any amount of time, you've probably come to realize that this is a pretty, I mean, if we're, just to be honest, a really awesome family of believers. Can anybody agree with that? I mean, I can, right, but I'm kind of partial. And, and I'll say this, um, I really do think that this is just an amazing church family. I'm partial, of course, because our family planted it, my parents, uh, back in the 90s. But, you know, they were just loving people, and they were just good people, and they were people that wanted to see folks grow in the Lord. They wanted to love on people no matter what your situation was, no matter what your past was. And, and we're trying to continue that on. I mean, my biggest prayer is, Lord, don't let me mess this thing up that mom and dad did. But in addition to that, we've got a leadership team that that's their desire as well. They want to see people loved on. They want to see people that come to know the Lord, but grow in their faith as well. And, and we work really hard to keep this as a healthy church, elders. Is that correct? Amen. To keep this as a healthy church. Some of y'all have maybe come out of churches in the past, and there was a lot of hurt there, and there was a lot of, honestly, some chaos there. And, and we don't really let chaos take place in church life. Is that right? That, because There's no room for it here. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. In the words of Barney Fife, we nip it in the bud. We nip it in the bud, right? And so we try to keep this as a place that's just healthy. About three years ago, for the very first time, John Rankin went to the Band of Brothers conference uh, with us, with our group. And this was the first men's conference that he had ever been to with our church. He had been to other ones. And I remember the, next, the second day, he said, I feel like I'm in the presence of about 400 of the most legit men I've ever been around. He said, these are just good guys. And, and I can agree with that. In fact, we talked about because that conference was at the same place it was then, that time, but it's been at a couple different locations. But as soon as we got back there, I asked him, I said, how's that feeling? He said, it's the same. It was a healthy environment. It was an environment of just good hearts. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and that's what we're trying to have here. You know, in this room are our closest friends, in all honesty, the last few days, I didn't feel like I was at a conference with church members and away from my friends. I was at a conference with my friends, with my family, right? Because y'all are my people. We're, we're each other's people, right? So yeah, you guys are our closest friends, but y'all are our family. 
And I hope you feel that way as well. Amen? I want to switch gears just a little bit. Whenever I was a single man, in Mississippi standards, I probably was single a little longer than most people that I graduated with. I was 30 before I got married, which means I had classmates that had kids that were roughly 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, right? Because I had a lot of uh, classmates that got married right out of high school, and I couldn't find a date. Nobody wanted to hang out with Gino. I was 30 before I ever got married, and if you've ever been single, maybe before you got married or whatever, did you ever have the feeling that you didn't quite fit in? I remember being in my mid-20s, and I just didn't really feel like I fit in going to events, even church events. I, I didn't feel like I had a place. I felt like I didn't belong at times in whether it was a church event, not necessarily on Sunday mornings because I was very active in church, or maybe it was just something outside of church where there were couples and that sort of thing. There was times where I just didn't feel like I fit. And I even remember my mom expressing this after my father passed away. And maybe some of you all have been through something similar to that. I remember mom saying, Gina, I don't feel like I have a place. Whenever I go to church, I feel like I just don't belong. And now, in case you're new to the church, my parents planted this church. The first service was mom, dad, and me, and two ladies. Okay, so she was as in this church as you could be, right? And even then, she said, I, I don't feel like I, I belong. I don't feel like I fit. I, and that was, of course, the enemy working on her, right? But it saddened me because what happened was his mom started to retreat a little bit, and that's not good for your mental health, truthfully. You need people around you. You need good people around you because whenever you don't have good people around you and you retreat, then you start to think sometimes some really weird things. If you say, no, that doesn't happen, just watch the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks because he began to talk to a volleyball. <laughs> Mom, who co-found this church, felt like she didn't fit, and we know that she was loved. We know that y'all loved her, that y'all honored her. I mean, we saw that at her funeral this past April whenever this place was absolutely packed out for people that loved Ann Amison, right? But she retreated, and I felt out of place as well, whenever I was single, she felt out of place. But we had to realize that that wasn't really the case, that that was the enemy messing with our heads. Amen. How many of you know the enemy likes to talk to you? The enemy likes to torment you. The enemy never finds a day where he's like, you know, I think I'm going to give them a break. No, every day he's going to work on you. And the lower you get, the harder he goes. He never has any mercy on you whatsoever, and he's going to mess with you in every aspect of your life if he can, and he definitely is going to try. But it's very important that we are able to tell the voice of the enemy from the voice of God. And I want to say to you today, if you're single, if you're widowed, if you're divorced, if you feel out of place, I want you to know that's the enemy that's putting that in your head, that you are surrounded by a wonderful, loving church family, the house of believers who loves you very much. Can somebody say praise God and amen? Because it's absolutely the truth. Those thoughts are just from the enemy. You may see others with spouses and kids, and your situation may look nothing like that. You may not have a family, but let me tell you, you make up this family of believers here. You're a critical part of it, as a matter of fact. As a believer, you're part of the family of God that Galatians 10 actually references whenever he says, do good especially to those in the household of faith. 
the family of believers is what Paul says. And you may come from a broken family. You may come from a family that could be on Jerry Springer. You may come from a perfectly good family. You may be black. You may be white. You may be Hispanic. You may be Chinese. You may be whatever it is. You may be broke. You may be loaded. I want you to know you're part of the family of God. In this house, you're welcome. And we are your family. And I'm sorry, but you just can't get rid of us. That's just it. That's just it. And and you make up the family of God as a Christ follower. If you've ever felt like, man, I just don't really have a family. You know, maybe your situation isn't that great. Can I tell you, you're you're surrounded by it right now. Every time you walk into this house, it should be like a reunion for Pete's sakes. I want you to know you're welcome here. You're loved here. God wants you to grow here and good things can happen in your life. Can somebody say amen today? But don't let being single ever keep you from connecting to this church, from going deeper in this church. Don't let it keep you from ladies' ministries, from couples' ministries. Don't let it keep you from life groups. Get connected in this church. You're part of it, so be here. Amen? Now, I've found that, that folks maybe who are single, and we're going to kind of focus on singles just for a little while, and, and I hope you don't feel awkward in this moment, but in the next few moments. But I've found that, that most of those who aren't married at this point Um, it's often due to circumstances, and it's not by choice. Uh, You may feel as though Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright hasn't come along yet, and maybe they just haven't quite got the memo yet that they're Mr. or Mrs. Wright. I want you to know this. There is nothing wrong with a desire to be married. If you're single, you don't have to have that, I'm single and I'm good this way and I don't need somebody attitude. If you have a desire to be married, that is perfectly fine. And that's a good thing, actually. It's a good thing. God's wired us for relationship. And he actually put that vacuum there. And we desire emotional connections as human beings. We do. We desire them. And if you've got the desire and if God created marriage, then what's someone to do if they're not currently married? And so we're going to talk about that today. So for anybody who's not married currently, and this is for our young folks, this is for anybody. If you're like in that 20s age group, this is something I really want you to get today. But if you're single, uh, here's a question for you. Are you enduring your singleness or are you enjoying it? If I were to be real honest with you, I hated my single days. I was just... I just felt miserable every day. I felt unwanted. I felt like I didn't have an identity. And then I had to figure out some things between me and the Lord and get things right, right? Because you see, a man or a woman doesn't make you. Having somebody on your arm doesn't make you who you are. It only comes from him. But are you enduring your singleness or are you enjoying it? Hopefully, you're going to be encouraged today if you feel like you're enduring it. But I think that all singles in here, if they love the Lord, if they call themselves believers, I I think we need to strive to be first-class singles. In other words, to do it right. To not do it the way the world's doing it. Because the way the world's doing it, it's not working out for a whole lot of people. We need to base actions off of the Word of God. Amen? So it's important that we pay close attention to maybe couples who have been successful and see what they do. I learned from some great couples. I mean, i got to be honest with you. Chris and Jenny Curley, I think, are an awesome couple to watch. And I've watched them whenever I was single. I watched them raise their boys. Can I just tell you a quick personal story? And I'm I'm bragging on your kids. Uh, I used to be the drummer of the church. And I remember that I would, during practice, be playing. And Chris would sit right behind his parents right here. And Jenny would be on stage. And Chris would have his boys, one sitting on each leg. And he would have hands on them and just be praying for them and blessing them. 
I remember that whenever I was in my mid-twenties, and I do it to this day to my kids. And you know what? Because I saw that example, and I'm like, I want to be a dad like that. And I saw how crazy those two were about each other, and it was just a blessing to watch, right? And so it's important that you watch those folks that have really maybe got a great marriage, a godly marriage. But I want you to know this. There are a couple quick mistakes that we're going to talk about before we really get into the teaching that you don't need to make as a single person. If you're young, especially, listen to this. First of all, a mistake number one is do not ever marry potential. Well, they got potential. Yeah, they're 40 years old and they don't have a job. Come on, y'all got to talk to me today. Because if it was your kid having that conversation, you'd say, shut your mouth. They don't have a job, right? You know, but they've got potential. You know, you may think that you can get them to where they need to be eventually. You better get them there before you get married, right? Because if you ever just think that it's going to shake out, it's not going to work that way. If you don't have them there before you get married, they're probably not going there, right? So you don't just marry potential. And here's a question for you. If they never change and they stay the same way, could you live with that? I want you to just think about that, they're uh, single young people. If you're just so in love and ready to marry, but you just think they're going to improve, but what if they don't? And there's a real good chance they won't. Could you stick with that? Could you live with that? The second mistake, that you're not looking at the signs. What are we talking about with the signs? Well, they say they want a job, but they sleep till noon. We need to think whenever we see these things. They, they always seem to forget their wallet. Ladies, if you find a man that seems to forget his wallet, mm -mm. he is not the one. They, they seem to have a bad temper at times. Unless the Lord intervenes, it's not going to get any better. You can't get them to come to church. That's a problem there. Uh, they always have excuses why things don't work out for them. You, they don't show up to places. They don't have that job. They, nothing, you know, it's just the world's against them. They've always got an excuse. Maybe you're concerned that you don't think they're always telling you the truth. You got to look for the signs. Because these things don't just go away whenever you get married, right? Uh, they don't just go away. Marriage is just not so easy that everything works out and it shakes out. That's not the way it is. How many of y'all got married and you're like, doggone, this is nothing like what I thought it was going to be. These little things will become huge issues. And, and I'm going to say a word to you right now that is not going to sound very pastoral. Just, just a thought for you. If you marry an idiot, that's your idiot. Listen to me. There are too many marriages that happen way too fast. And these signs that we're talking about right here, those signs weren't addressed, and they just overlooked them, and they jumped into the marriage. And so you maybe have a daughter or something like that who married a hothead. You've got a daughter or something like that who's got somebody that won't work. Understand this daughter, if you're the one that married that guy. You married that guy. So you can go and you can gripe to your parents, you can gripe to your brothers, you can gripe to your sisters, you can gripe to your best friends. You got yourself into that mess. So you really need to think about all this before you say, I do. 
Come on now. Before you say I do, because as I mentioned, marriage is not the new dating. Whenever you get in, you're giving them vows and you are entering into a covenant that I'm going to stay with you no matter what, based on if you're going by the word of God. And so you better have all this stuff ironed out before you say I do. Can somebody say amen to that? I want you to know this. It's better to be single than to wish that you were single. A lot of people have gotten into relationships and they had that oh crud moment. And I know there's times where we're just lonesome. Don't rush into it. Come on now. Don't rush into it. So here's a few things, just a few thoughts that I think are critical for singles to be successful and to be satisfied. The first thing is this. Pursue God before pursuing a date. Pursue God before pursuing a date. That soul hunger I mentioned earlier, that vacuum, God placed that in you, and I want you to know he's the only one who can fill it. God's the only one that can fill it. Uh, He wanted us to have a relationship with him first. First, that's the most important relationship in our life before with others, before with our mate. And a lot of people get it backwards. They put God on the back burner while they're looking for somebody. And we see this in who they're dating. Too many times it's a thing of, well, I'm dating somebody and they are definitely not the right one spiritually and you have no business dating them. God gets put on the back burner. I want you to know this, and I said this earlier, nobody can complete you except for the Lord. You know, whenever uh, I found Regina, I wasn't looking for my other half. I wanted to find a whole woman who knew who she was in the Lord. Right? that's, That's what I wanted to find We needed to be two whole people that came together as one, not two half people. And I wanted her to know her identity in the Lord, and I had to know who I was in the Lord as well. And Psalms tells us this in in chapter 139, verse 14. It says that each of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, I want you to know this applies to males and females. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. So so we need to pursue God and not men and women or the opposite gender. We've got to understand who we are in him. And I want you to understand this. Whenever you realize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, then you'll start to have that confidence. And all of a sudden, you're not so turned on just by the compliments of the opposite gender. Whenever I saw Regina, I was thinking, hey, that's a good looking girl, but She already knew that she was fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of the Lord. So we can have that confidence. But whenever you know who you are, you're not desperate. Not as if you've never had a compliment before. Know who you are. The God of the universe, he's already said that that's how he made you, wonderfully, fearfully made. And he wants you to be passionate about him. Y'all, this is your creator speaking here, amen? I want you to think about this, ladies. Um, Whenever you look at Jesus' ministry in the Gospels, uh, he did so much, but his heart went out. Think about the one lady at the well, right? Remember, uh, she was the woman from Samaria. She was the woman at the well. We know about that. And he said this, if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. You will never thirst again if you drink of me. And if you remember, she had a past. She was trying to find... Uh, well, she had gone through multiple marriages. She was living with a man at that time. And, and it was kind of like this, listen, these relationships, this isn't going to make you whole. But if you drink of me, 
you will never ever thirst again. That's good news, isn't it? But believers need to understand that they are enough. Somebody say, I'm enough. We're enough whenever we have him in our life. So pursue God before pursuing a date. Second thing is this. This time is an opportunity to become who God wants you to be. This season, this time is an opportunity to become who God wants you to be. This is a perfect time to kind of develop holistically speaking, educationally, socially, physically, spiritually. Uh, this is a great time if you've thought about finishing school, going back to school, whatever, do it. How many of y'all know life's easier whenever you're single? Can all the married people say amen? amen. It's a lot easier whenever you're single. Uh, you know, if you're doing well financially, if you want to buy a house, you can buy a house without having to be married. Uh, there's things you can do. You can travel now. If there's places you want to go, you better hurry up and go. Because once you get married, everything changes. And whenever you have kids, it's all out the window. It's not that it's all out the window. It's not like it's just life's terrible. Not that at all. Kids are a blessing. We know that. They're a blessing. But all of a sudden, you just can't get too far, a home, too far from home for very long, right? That's the way it is. So if you want to travel, you go. You need to live in the present and be all that he wants you to be. If you want to finish that degree, go finish that degree. If you want to get another degree, degree go get it. It's the perfect time to get it. Work on yourself. Now, some real talk here. Whenever you look in the Bible, we see some great matches. There's a couple of ladies that I'm thinking about, like Ruth, for instance, and Rebecca. And whenever you look at them, y'all, they were working, both of them. Whenever you look at those situations, they weren't sitting at home. They weren't having a pity party. They weren't depressed because they didn't have a man. They were working. They were improving themselves. Think about this. Ruth was a young widow. She was living with her mother-in-law, and she was busy working in the fields, and then she got the eye of somebody, didn't she? think about Rebecca, she was working whenever Abraham's servant arrived to find a spouse for Isaac. What if that day she had not gone to work? It's important that we're always working, we're improving ourselves, and this is the time to do it. I'll say this, don't miss your package by doing what you're not supposed to do. Be doing what God's called you to do, keep working, keep improving yourselves, don't miss that package. I used to tell the guys and the youth, and this is not, this was just a, a youth leader trying to be real honest with them. I used to say, God has somebody for you, but you can totally mess that up. Guys, we need to take care of ourselves. The, the one that God's got for us, that package that he has for us, we don't want them to run away from us whenever they see us or smell us. Come on now. We, we've got to take care of ourselves. We don't want to miss the package that God has for us. But we mentioned pursuing God. We need to get right with him and prioritize that relationship with him. Matthew 6, 33, one of my favorite verses, seek first the kingdom of God. Prioritize our relationship with him. Whenever we focus on him, whenever we seek his kingdom, he's going to take care of those other desires that you have. Assuming they line up with the word of God, and marriage is one of those, relationships are one of those, he will take care of that. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. That's how you interpret that scripture right there. Keep living right, chase after him, and let him bless you with the right person. Now, guys, I want to tell you this. Uh, Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So, guys... We don't always just have to sit there and wait for the Lord to deliver her to our front doorstep. The word says, he who does what? 
finds, finds a wife. Young men, it's okay to ask a girl out. And just a thought is don't waste time dating someone that you wouldn't marry. Right? You don't want that relationship to just go on and on and on and on and harder and harder and harder for both parties. If you can't see yourself marrying them, go ahead and just, just cut it, you know, end it as soon as possible. But get the relationship with God first. And you're going to have to step out at some point, young men. You know, there's this big thing of like the fear of rejection that's happening right now in our country. Uh, as a matter of fact, the average age for men getting married uh, is 28 in our country. Um, if you were to go back every decade, it was lower and lower and lower and lower. Whenever you go back to roughly, you know, the 60s, 50s, 40s, um, it was like almost instantly out of high school. Uh, but it's now about 10 years later. And a lot of that is, is the fear of rejection, uh, because our society has just got to the point of we're, we're scared to step out at times. That's why you also seeing, uh, you're also seeing a lot of men not leaving home. They're not wanting to leave home because they're scared of maybe taking a job, signing a lease agreement or something like that, so they just stay with mom and dad. But use wisdom, but don't just sit there, but God's got the right one for you, but he who finds a wife. Let's think about that. He who finds a wife. Third thing is this, is honor God in your dating. Honor God in your dating. This is not time to missionary date. This is not time to date somebody and say, well, I'm going to bring he or she around to the Lord at some point. Nope. You don't do it. This is not time to say somebody has some potential, spiritually speaking, maybe they got saved a long time ago, but they're not walking with the Lord. Listen, you need to find somebody who's in a good place with the Lord, who truly knows the Lord. Amen. Because you're going to come together as one, and both of you need to be in right relationship with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6.14 talks about don't be uh, unequally yoked with unbelievers. I'm going to say this. I'm going to take it a step further. You need to be equally yoked with somebody, well, equally yoked, right? To where you're near the same level. That's what you need to do. You need to draw some boundaries as well uh, before meeting Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Whenever half your clothes are off, it's not the time to figure out what your boundaries are. Um, and by the way, the default for a believer should be that sex is completely off limits until you say, I do. It's probably not very popular, but that's really what the default should be for believers. Uh, Corinthians also says for us to come out from among the rest and be ye separate. We're not supposed to look like the world, right? We're not of the world. We're not of the world, so we should look differently. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, come out and be ye separate, says the Lord. You may feel that if you don't give in, that they won't stay with you. Uh, I want to go ahead and tell you, if they're the right one, then they'll stay with you. Amen. They will stay with you if, you're the right, if they're the right one. Um, you'll never have to disobey God to find the right mate. Just a thought right there. You, you'll never have to sin to be able to keep or to find the right mate. And understand that if God denies us something, it's for our good. It's for our good. And God designed sex, and it's a great thing, but it's a great thing once you are married. Can somebody say amen today? Now, let me give you a quick disclaimer. Uh, as it relates to marriage, as it relates to sex, let me go ahead and just say it. I am talking about heterosexual marriage and sex only. The Word of God right here, uh, that's the way God planned marriage to be between one man and one woman. Um, I know that right now in our culture, there's a big, 
uh, push for the gay agenda. And let's just be honest, if you watched any TV yesterday, you probably saw a commercial that had that on there. I want to say this to you. The word talks about uh, that those will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you feel like, well, I don't believe that, then you can argue with the Lord because that's what the Lord says. And the Lord says one man and one woman. But I want you to understand he loves you. Uh, if you have some family members that are in this lifestyle, he loves them. Uh, and he wants them to know him. But the truth is, is that everything we're talking about today, God designed marriage to be between one man and one woman. Amen. Um, so honor God with your dating. The next thing is this, uh, number four, don't let your past paralyze you. Uh, maybe you've been sexually active as a single. Uh, maybe you've had children out of wedlock. Maybe you've had an abortion. Um, and let me say this, there might be things that you're not proud of. And can I go ahead and just tell you, y'all, Church Alive is full of real people, and all three things that I just mentioned have happened at Church Alive. We've had abortions in this church. I mean, people that have... Um, talked about it in their past and stuff. I want you to know God still loves you. <laughs> he still loves you. You may have done some stuff in the past that you're not uh, proud of, but he still loves you, and he has a great plan for your life. Isn't that good news, somebody? And I want you to know only he can heal those wounds, and he will heal those wounds as well. If you can't get over what you've done, I want you to know this. God will forgive you, Amen? And he still has a plan for you. Amen. Too many times we just focus on what we've done, and God's already said, it's been taken care of. It, it, it's been taken care of. How many has done some, something stupid? Anybody here? We've sinned. We've done things that, that we're not proud of. And because of the blood of Jesus, because of the stripes of Jesus, there's forgiveness there. And he took care of our sin. And so many times we're looking back at our sin and he's telling you, would you just focus on what I have for you ahead and stop looking at your past? Because the past is the past. Let it be the past and focus on what he wants to do in your life down the road. Amen? So don't let your past paralyze you. Jeremiah 1 says that he knows us. Even before we're formed in the womb, he knows us. And he had an assignment for every one of us that's a good assignment. His plan for you is good. Somebody say, his plan for me is good. And it doesn't matter if somebody's maybe written you off in the past because of what you did. He will never write you off. He's always with you. The word says, and it gives us this wonderful promise, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. What great news that is, right? The God of the universe will never leave you, nor will he ever, ever forsake you. And each day we need to go to him and let him make us that whole man. Let him make us that whole woman. Let him validate us. So don't let your past paralyze you. The fifth thing is this. Trust God to give you your best in his time. Trust God to give you your best in his time. At the right time, I know that he'll give me what he deems best. I had this conversation with one of the guys that was on the trip this week. There's a lot of times whenever I'm maybe in the market for something, like looking for a vehicle or looking for anything, and I find that I try to make things happen, but whenever I back off, the Lord brings me the perfect thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's the same way in relationships as well. Don't try to make something happen. Let God at the right time 
bring the right person into your life. I can say this personally. I mean, I was ready to get married because all my friends were getting married. And it's really funny right now. I have a nine and a six-year-old, and all my friends have kids in college, most of them, or high school or something like that. And I feel like I'm way behind. But can I just say that I'm so glad that I waited for the gym that the Lord brought me? I mean, I am so, 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 so glad. And, and too many times we try to create and make something happen. Totally not in my notes, but I, I want to just share this with somebody. Uh, in the Word of God, uh, Abraham had a promise from the Lord that he would be the father of nations. Now, to be the father of anything, you need a child. And Abraham was on up in years. He was way up in years, okay? And he didn't have a child, but he had a promise from God. He had a promise from God. And so at one point, he gets a little impatient. And even his wife gets impatient. And she has a great idea. and says, hey, why don't you uh, sleep with my servant and produce a kid? And apparently, Abraham thought that was a good idea as well. And he produced a child. And the child's name was Ishmael. And Ishmael was nothing but a pain, if we were to be honest. But the truth is, is that he tried to make something happen. Now, here's some good news for somebody today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you maybe rushed into a relationship, and it turned out bad. Maybe you're, you know, post-divorce right now. The truth is, is that God had a plan for Abraham... And even though Abraham took a detour, God said, the plan for you still remains. Listen to me. You may have gotten to a relationship that didn't work out, that you're like, it was not of God. Maybe you did something and you're like, I'm not proud of this. I want you to know this. God can still get you back on track. His plan for your life never changed. The destination for your life never changed. And you can still get there. You just got to go back to him. Amen. You just got to go back to him just like Abraham. But trust God's timing. Don't try to make something happen. And I'll say this. There, there's times maybe in past relationships where, where we've learned something. You know, Out of that past relationship that you were in, uh, you can look at that and, and maybe you'll learn something for uh, the next relationship. You know, the one that God's bringing the right one. God doesn't do anything without purpose. I want you to understand that today. We can have our agenda, and it may seem like a great plan, but God's plans always trump ours, and they're always better than ours. Every time, every time, they're always better than ours. And, and He's preparing you for your purpose here on earth. He's also preparing you for heaven as well. And I want you to know He's got great plans for you. Wait on God. Take the limits off of Him, and just let Him move in your life. Amen. Can y'all stand with me today? Today, I just want to encourage you to, to trust him. If, if you're in this place, and I realize this teaching doesn't apply to everybody. I, I totally get that. But if you're in that place, I want to encourage you to trust the Lord. He's got somebody uniquely crafted for what he's called you to do. And it's all about his purposes. He is the ultimate matchmaker. He is the ultimate matchmaker. If you will today, just, just close your eyes. If I'm talking to you today, 
maybe you can say that you've not done it just right, but, but you want to be where God can bring you the right mate, the one that he has planned for you. Uh, maybe you need to do some reprioritizing. Maybe you're thinking today that after what we talked about just in that first point, that you need to pursue him more than you need to pursue a relationship. And, and we know that in due time, he'll bring the right one. But I would encourage you to ask him what he wants you to accomplish in this season as well. And I also want to just speak over you that in this season, you may feel out of place. Recognize that that's of the enemy, first of all. But also recognize that God's got a plan for you. And you shouldn't have to endure this time, but you should truly be able to enjoy this time. So there should be joy. Come on now. Joy in your life in this season full of excitement for what he's going to do in your life. I love the fact that Ephesians 3.20 says he's able to do exceedingly above, exceedingly above all that we ask or think. He's got wonderful plans for you if we do it his way. If we do it his way. So no matter what it looks like, do you trust him? If your relationship right now with your spouse isn't right, do you trust him? Come on, he can mend it as well. If you're in a relationship right now, maybe you're dating somebody and, and deep down, come on, if you were to get really honest with yourself, you're thinking to yourself, it's not 100% right. Do you trust him that he's going to bring you the right one? Do you trust him to, to go to a place, maybe even to singleness, so that he can bring the right one to you? Do you trust him? Remember, he's a God. He doesn't lie. He's a God. His ways are always right. That he's going to give you his best. Do you trust him? But today, if that's you, and actually, let's all just lift our hands together. But, but if that's you, I just want to pray over you today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these folks that are here today, God. I know not everyone of them is married. Lord, some of them have walked through divorces, Father. It could have been hard times, Lord. Some of them may have lost their spouses, Father. Lord, once again, it's very hard, Lord, to walk through that. God, some may have never married before, and they're waiting for the right one. I want you to just pray to yourself right now. Say, Lord, I give myself to you. Lord, I'm not giving you my, my list of wants, but Lord, I'm giving you myself right now. Come on, just, just give that to God right now. Father, I'm not giving you my agenda, but Lord, I'm asking you to bring me the right person. Come on, just tell him, say, Father, I, I want to do kingdom work with this right person, but Lord, it needs to be the right one. If that's you, just tell him, Father, I want a relationship that glorifies you. In Jesus' name. Can anybody say amen today? Come on, give God some praise. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.